0: What is up, guys? Welcome to the Hook and Ladder. I am here with my partner, Garrison Hardy, and I am James Oates, and we're super excited to have you guys joining us, whether you're joining us, uh, uh, listening on the podcast, however you may be listening, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, or the other, as my friend says, bevy of ways. A whole you, bevy of them. Yeah, that you can listen. Uh, we just want to say welcome. This is episode 10. We are officially in double digits Oh, you man. feel good, Garrison.
1: I feel great. We're still alive and kicking. Yeah. Uh, but we could use your support, please. No, I'm yeah, We're seriously.
0: Fine. This coronavirus almost got us. No sports, no sports news to even speak of for a sports podcast starting up yep. right in the midst of this. Great
1: time to get an audience going. My
0: gosh. Well, let's get to it, guys. Anybody who's listened to the show before knows that right off the top, we always like to go with the rapid rundown, where we'll let you guys know exactly what's going to be talked about on today's show. Uh, so, um, here, we go. here we go. Let's hit it. Rapid rundown. Is Seattle Seahawks could be on the move? Who is it? And let's hear some details about that. Why did the Red Rifle, a- a.k.a. Andy Dalton, go to the Cowboys? We discussed this. The University of Texas gave their football coaches a pay raise despite an academic pay freeze and financial uncertainty. Good move or bad move? Live sports are back soon. Which, which ones and when? We'll let you know. We take a look at the Jordan documentary once again, dive into the most recent episode, number 5 and 6, and take a look at what is coming this Sunday. We take a closer look to at Chuck and Jordan's relationship, and we'll be answering your fan mail questions today, live on the show. All of this on The Hook and Ladder. Coming up, stay tuned. Do not miss it. Boom.
1: But first, before we get to that first topic on our list, uh, we like to... Also include On This Day in Sports. Uh, and we took a look and uh, dug through the archives, as the people on Sports Center would, sh- would say. And I found that Willie Mays uh, was born on this day, May 6, 1931. Uh, he spent the majority of his MLB career as a center fielder with the New York and San Francisco Giants. He won two MVP awards and played in 24 All-Star games. I figured you might like that San Francisco one. Uh, Growing Opinion states that he was possibly the greatest all-around baseball player of all time. What do you think?
0: I think, yes. If your birth is sports history, like you haven't (laughs) even touched a ball yet, you've just breathed air... And it's a sports moment, then, yeah, you're probably one of the best ever. And, obviously, you know, being a Giants fan, and uh, we have a statue of him right in front of uh, AT&T Park. And so it's just, I mean, it's Pac Bell now, but whatever.
1: This is off topic, but as a Giants fan, that kind of got me thinking, and I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on Barry Bonds and his whole situation? Should he be a Hall of Famer? Yes. Really?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, unless you're just going to take out all of the 90s. Because everybody, everybody that was doing anything was doing it. Everybody's been popped now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like, it's it was baseball in the 90s. People were doing steroids. Everybody that has a problem with Barry Bonds is turning a blind eye to somebody on their roster that they love and adore and refuse to admit. Um, you know, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, uh, A-Rod. Everybody, uh, even some pitchers were doing it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like... Listen, if the dude who's going to go up there and throw a 103-mile-an-hour fastball at me is on, on roids, uh, while why can't I be on roids so that I could hit his ball a little bit farther? It doesn't right. help with timing. It doesn't help with bat. Like maybe you could say bat speed, but the actual mechanics of hitting a fastball in the MLB, there's not a lot of humans that can do that. So Barry Bonds, and the guy was walked so many times and still got that many home runs. 773, so, was it? Yes. he It was... The season was ridiculous. I, I remember I went to a game and it was in fourth grade and they would not pitch to Barry the whole game, but then we had runners on in the seventh inning against the Braves and they had to pitch to him and the very first pitch they threw in the strikes on him, he just crushes a home run into the water. Like That guy was so special. I actually put him on a Facebook post ranking him uh, my number two p- favorite player of all time. Mm. Um and that's behind Ken Griffey Jr. Just because I wanted to be Ken Griffey Jr. When I was a kid. Right. Right. I digress. I put an asterisk next to his name though <laughs> on the list, <laughs> just for the haters. You know, right, hey, just right. so you guys know, I don't. You if you don't count the stats, that's fine with me.
1: I no. I yeah. That was a little off topic, but I just thought, man, if you look at those stats, and you're right. It doesn't account for judging where the ball is going to go, reading the pitch and then making contact with it. So in any case, a little off topic, wow, but here we go. The first one on the list, we talked about a Seattle player leaving, and we've talked about him before, Jadavian Clowney potentially leaving Seattle. Uh, this is an article uh, by es from ESPN.com, uh, and Caleb was kind enough to uh, message the page about it. Uh, while J- J- wow, can't talk today. While Jadavian Clowney remains open to re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks, the defensive end would have to take a significantly... Uh, Decent pay cut to make that happen uh, than the team previously offered him in order to re, uh, for the reunion to happen. The Seahawks have not shut the door on re-signing Clowney, Clowney, but it's not considered likely, in part because of their financial situation. General Manager John Snyder has hinted at the unlikenliness in a recent public comment in which he'd spoken in the past tense about the Seahawks' effort to re-sign Clowney. We took a good run at it, Schneider told A. M. last week. It didn't happen. He's a great guy. He, he fit in great with the locker room, did a really nice job for us, but we need to be conducting business, and he just was not in a position to make a move. So we gave it a run, and now you've got to keep going, and that's what we've done. So, that does sound pretty almost final, even though it's not final yet. Yeah. When you look around the league, where's a guy like Jadavian fit in? Uh, we've heard rumors about the Philadelphia Eagles, potentially. Um, I don't know. Are there any other rosters where you think instant impact for Clowney?
0: Um, I mean, as we kind of touched on it a little bit, he was a little bit on topic for us last week. Um, I think... It just depends on the system. I think the Redskins could be a good place for him. Ron Rivera, very uh, good coach, defensive-minded coach, and um, did a great job with that Panthers defense back in the day with Luke Kuechly and that group of guys. And um, I think that they've taken a risk on some older players. Did they sign Greg Hardy? They did for a moment. Right? Yeah, well, he I was don't. On the team. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know if he's still there. Quite oh, honestly. Oh no, he's not. He's not. Oh, okay.
0: But uh, he had to stay with the Cowboys since then. But mm. I digress. I think that the Redskins could be a place he could land. Uh, another person I could see possibly making a move on a player like that. I don't know. Maybe the – I feel like the Rams are like the Yankees. They just keep signing big <laughs> names on the defense, and um, maybe they'll do it.
1: Yeah, but – that brings into question the cap space, especially looking at uh, the asking price. He's got you know close to sixteen, seventeen million a year, um, and you look at that roster with uh, you know Donald. He's going to get paid. Uh, Dante Fowler's going to get paid. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, even though I would argue he's probably not worth it in recent seasons, uh, might get paid. Might get paid. Uh, and then you look at the offense as well. A team that kind of jumps out to me, and I don't know why, is the Dallas Cowboys um you look at that defensive front you know sean lee even though he's a liability with his injuries he's still just a stud up front uh you've got who's the boise state linebacker that's from around here uh starts with an e i can't think of his name anyways he's turned out to be a rams cowboys cowboys okay yeah he turned out to be a bright spot as well um there's just a lot of pieces up, up on that front, and they've already got an excellent defensive end as well on that. So, if he could fit in there somehow, um, there's a spot for him. If Jerry Jones is willing to open up his checkbook a little bit like he has been in the past. Um, well, he hasn't
0: paid his quarterback.
1: That is true. So, so, why not spread the money around a little bit more? I don't know.
0: Uh, <laughs> Maybe I guess that would help. And I mean, he just paid $7 million to a backup. We'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, yeah, as in right now, actually. So, anyways, and <laughs> Clowney, um, I could see the Eagles to line in, line them up with Fletcher Cox uh, on that defensive front. Uh, they've got a decent core of linebackers. Um, yeah, I, Eagles and Cowboys make sense to me. Um, Redskins actually sounds like a possibility too, uh, as far as fit goes. He could maybe mentor the young guy, even though the young guy's probably going to outproduce him by a lot. Um, in any case, the market is there
0: for Clowney. Maybe the Steelers.
1: Maybe the Steelers. They've, they've got. They've the lost the other
0: Watt over there. Yeah. So yeah. They've got some room on the defense for some money.
1: Yeah. they like we said. A lot of there's a lot of interest out there. I'm sure for him. I just think the asking price is probably going to have to go down in order for him to land a spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, he said he's he's going to be patient and find the right fit. So he could be waiting a while too. We'll see. Yeah. So that brings us to, uh, article two on the agenda. And that is the red rifle. Andy Dalton picked the Cowboys out of all teams when better fits may have included the new England Patriots. Like, as you mentioned, uh, I thought the Jaguars could have been a good spot for him. You know, maybe even though I love Minshew, uh, Dalton, you know, he's a veteran and I think still has some juice in the tank. uh, Skip Bayless, and I'm surprised I'm bringing his name up as maybe a source Skip. for this show. Uh, he's He's got some wild opinions, but he seems to think that Jerry Jones has promised Andy Dalton playing time. What do you think about that rumor?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Is that a shot at Dak Prescott, for instance?
0: Yeah, that that could be.
1: Saying, hey, if you don't want to take the $30 million we offered you, I'm just going to bring in your replacement right now.
0: Yeah, I, that's a huge statement for me. I think that what it does is it provides them an option if Dak doesn't perform. I wouldn't say that he is a replacement, but you know Skip, man. That man, <laughs> that man has a, go on YouTube, there's a famous compilation of Skip literally arguing with himself. It's just different takes from different times that completely uh, contradict one another, and it's a great, riveting argument. You should listen to it.
1: Let's pull it up. No, yeah, Let's pull it up for next, the peeps next time. Next but time. no,
0: I don't. I don't think it's a shot taking a Dak, in my opinion. Um, but you never know. Jerry Jones is a very interesting character, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton actually came out and spoke about it uh, about about the move. He was quoted as saying, "I wanted to join a high class organization and a team that's ready to win." That's funny. No, kidding. Uh, And be with head coach Mike McCarthy, uh, just his history with quarterbacks. Uh, I think it gives me a chance to come to a new place, a chance to learn, and a chance to help Dak out any way I can, and then just be an asset to this team. Obviously, I bring a lot of experience and can bring a lot to the table. I'm here to help this team win and help any way I can. Dalton also said uh, location was attractive, too. Uh, He did play college ball at TCU, so that makes sense as well, Um, particular during uh, the country's COVID-19 crisis. Um, So I guess all of that was a factor in his decision. Uh, Like he said, he brings nine years of experience to the table. Um, For me, I think this is Jerry Jones kind of making a statement. Um, In in the end, I think he would much prefer Dak to sign that $30 million deal uh, per year and stay with the team uh, because he believed in Dak enough to draft him, uh, and they've rode with him ever since. So I think they want to keep him. But... Thirty million is a great offer, and for Dak to kind of snub his nose at that, I think may have rubbed Jerry the wrong way a little bit. And so Jerry's, in fact, wasn't Dak asking for thirty-seven million, roughly? Yeah. So he brings in a guy for seven million, you know, thirty. That, that adds up to thirty-seven million. So he's kind of saying, "Well, fine, I'm going to take Here's the leftover. Right. Here's the difference, and let's see I how could he performs
0: for the difference of the money.
1: Exactly." So, it's interesting. And I think Andy Dalton still, I think he can perform and be a starter in I the agree. league. So uh, to come to a new situation for him, for him, uh, go home to Texas, I guess, um, I think that's this a... This is a
0: new situation for both Dak and Andy. They're both going to have to learn a new system. So it's really level playing field as far as uh, competition goes. Now, whether we go into... The preseason with a competition that's left to be said from the head coach um, and from the owner, but it's very interesting move. Um, Excited for, excited for to see what happens in Dallas. I don't. uh, Maybe they open the playbook up. Maybe they make Dak do a little more uh, dual threat things, knowing that somebody so sure-handed is in the wings waiting.
1: Right. So if he gets hurt, well, yeah, then you turn it back and Mm -hmm.
0: dial it into what Andy does. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. I'm a 49ers fan, so I try to keep (laughs) your guys' name out of my mouth.
1: Oof. Sorry we had to bring that up. Brutal. Uh, So let's go to the college game. But we're staying in the state of Texas here. The University of Texas uh, gave a lot of their assistant football coaches raises recently. Uh, The school said on April 14th it would freeze merit raises for all faculty and staff. Uh, This is academic-wise. In an effort to stave off layoffs and other academic budget cuts that apparently did not apply to offensive line coach Herb Hand, associate head coach and running backs coach Stan Drayton, and strength coach Yancey McKnight, who will have their salaries bumped by a combined total of $268,000. They will now make more than $500,000 annually. The median salary of a UT employee is $60,000. So... You and I have talked about football is king, mm. and that goes across all college sports. Football is king. I understand that. It's the money maker, And in fact, without football at the University of Texas, dozens of other programs would not even exist. And that includes academics, because I think the football program pays for a lot of those academic facilities that go up. Um, and it, it's a marketing tool. It brings in thousands upon thousands of students who just want to be next to a good, a big football program that you see it back in 30 for 30, where they talked about the U, um, those guys essentially paid for a lot of the U's academic programs. So it, but it still feels wrong. I don't know what, especially in this climate. What do you think?
0: I think, um, I think it's fine. Really? I think for me, it's a, I mean, it's a measure of, uh, at least to the... Because it was the assistant coaches that got paid. Um, and I feel like there's still a lot of groundwork. I feel like they're still working. They're still on the recruiting trail. They're still doing things that will better the university later on. No... I don't want to say no one. I want to be careful how I word this. Not a lot of people are signing up for a school because the, the professor that teaches uh, intro to psychology is the greatest... <laughs> Intro to psychology teacher in the history of mankind, you know what I mean? But people are coming to Texas because they want to be a part of the culture of being a Longhorn and going to the football games and tailgating and you know, and all the things that come with going to a big Division One football school like that. For people that are not on the football team, it's a part of it. You know what I mean? The same thing with uh, the the people up in Duke; it, those students that camp out and you know, they go to the games and they freak out just to be able to, they, they go to Duke so they can say, you know, they were part of this event, this, um, I guess you would say fraternity of people. Um, so I just feel like college football makes so much money for the universities. I think that the way that this was worded could, could be in a way that's like trying to point a negative finger towards people getting raises, but you know what? I think that The understanding of what the football program does for people and trying to, you know, you don't know the situation with those coaches. Those coaches could be getting opportunities to go elsewhere, somewhere else to make money. And they're just trying to keep what they're trying to build together, Mm. in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And this was an article by uh, SportingNews.com. It goes on to say, uh, less than an hour before the raises were confirmed via closed door vote on Wednesday, Regents Chairman uh, Kevin Eltyf? Eltyf. Acknowledged further cost-cutting measures to the academic side of UT institutions would likely be in store as the system hemorrhages money amid the pandemic. Quote, we'll be looking at every dollar we're spending, uh, he said. We're going to have to look at everything from top to bottom. So I agree. I think the way this article worded things and uh, I guess ordered things around, they're trying to make Texas look bad. You know, um, a gotcha kind of article, potentially. However, I do think, you know, when you look at the timing of this move, April 14th, they freeze, you know, merit raises for all faculty across the board. If I'm a professor of intro psychology, for instance, and uh, you're at an institution that has over 50,000 students, uh, the workload that you're putting in is huge, too. Um, so, when you look over and see somebody who, for all intents and purposes, is, you know, does a game for a living, coaches a game for a living, um, that I could understand their frustration on the side of it, saying, wait a minute, <clears throat> my, <laughs> it doesn't sound like their salaries are being frozen, but it sounds like, you know, if anything, they're getting budget cuts and whatnot in their programs. What have you? Um, so I think the timing from Texas maybe could have been handled a little bit better. maybe wait till things start opening up a little bit more and they're able to start yeah. ramping back up production and schools starts getting ready to but open back those up.
0: Teachers they get tenure right? they they go there, they are if a student fails or the student doesn't perform as they thought this that teacher is not getting fired. These coaches came in with this head coach to make this program make millions and millions and millions of dollars. You know know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And these people, though they're getting a raise right now, if they're not winning the Big 12 or in the playoff conversation in three years, those same people are going to be fired while Intro to Psychology gets to stay. You see what I'm saying? So, like, though they may get more advantages than you when times are when when times are maybe they have a better advantage right now but when the coach gets fired it's not going to be considered a better advantage it's just a it's a different business completely and they're separate and college football is a business even though they it's about the education no it's not it's that's a lie you know what i mean the truth of the matter is it's a business and these coaches make way more money than a professor could ever dream because how much money they help bring in this o-line coach is making nfl prospects he's making a product that it for all intents and purposes that once the product hits the field will create and generate money that that teacher doesn't have the ability to create a product that can do that so
1: fair enough yeah Uh, yeah guys feel free to drop your comments below on this subject we'd love to hear your feedback as well um Anyways, interesting interesting times, that's to be sure, and uh, everybody's feeling the effects uh, of this pandemic, and hopefully it's coming to an end because live sports looks like it's on the rise and coming back soon. Uh, the UFC, which is great for us, by the way, we'll finally get to talk actual results, but anyways, the UFC is scheduled to come back this weekend, Bundesliga out of Germany, the uh, Football or soccer over over there is set to start back up. NBA practice facilities can be opening up soon. Players are going to be on call with the commissioner uh, to give their opinions on the process of maybe bringing the NBA back. Uh, La Liga players out of Spain are returning to their facilities to begin COVID testing to make sure they're good to go for games. The Premier League is talking about opening up soon. Um, All of this bodes well. But the question is, is it too soon or is this the right time?
0: You don't want my opinion on this. I think we should open up. I think we should do whatever we want. I think if you're afraid, you should stay home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I stayed home from work because I personally live with two people who are not in the best health and they're older, over the age of 60. And I did not want to bring something home that could affect them. I wasn't afraid for myself, but I was in a business where... I would have to go shake people's hands and meet with people, speak with people, and what you know what I mean. So, and I, I just think that if you're scared, stay home. But people should be able to go out and make a living, and that and that goes for athletes as well. You know what I mean? And people should be able to spend their money how they want to spend their money. And if it's on a sporting event, because they want a sense of escape, because every time they turn the TV on, the world's ending. You know what I mean? Right. Let's turn it back on. Let's turn sports back on. Let's turn life back to normal, let's get to work, and yeah, that's how I feel.
1: I could potentially be triggering a lot of people with this, but I think the statistics of COVID-19 do not correlate to the massive shutdown we put forward, and that includes sports. Um, I'm not going to get all political on this, but I could in a second. (laughs) Um,
0: It's your podcast, Garrison. You can do whatever (laughs) you want.
1: Well, you know what, when the CDC suddenly removes 30,000 COVID-related deaths from their websites, it, now it's suddenly, you know, that's not to say the deaths aren't real. That's not to say that the fear out there wasn't real. This is the first time we've dealt with something like this, really, uh, on this on a worldwide scale. I think the original measures, you know, we we got to reduce the curve so the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. Great. But we did that. Yep. What are we waiting for now? so the bees, bro. The, now we've got killer bees in washington state um but in any case it's time to open back up the economy because now you've got people who are out of work uh stressed anxious not knowing how they're going to put food on the table uh and unfortunately that's resulted in uh, the suicide hotlines going through the roof across the country you look at those statistics Yeah, my body
0: my choice should be across the board. Let me make my own choice. Yeah,
1: yeah, unless it's... uh, Well, I won't get into that. We
0: we won't go there either. (laughs) But I'm just saying, if that is the standard, then let me do what I want to do.
1: In any case, I do not think this is too soon at all. Um, On top of that, they're likely not going to allow fans into these venues, which I think is ridiculous you look at the statistics for the states that have not closed down there's only eight of them left Uh, utah was one of them for instance wyoming was another south dakota
0: to all the south dakota (laughs) homies that listen
1: uh there is no evidence that they had a higher rate or anything like that and there's no evidence that the states that did lock down effectively dropped statistics there's no evidence for those you know those things so
0: people think what they want to think but you know what?
1: But that's how I feel on it. It's time yeah. to bring back live sports. It's time to open things up. End of discussion. And that is the last time I'm going to bring up COVID in this show. Ever. Ever. That's when you
0: get COVID. You're out.
1: Moving on. Let's talk about sports again. Yeah. The Jordan documentary, episodes five and six. Did you get a chance to watch these? I watched episode five. I didn't get to see episode six. You suck. I am so Episodes five and six. The big, th- I guess the things that, uh, was there anything in episode five that jumped out for you or can you even remember?
0: No, I think that, I mean, there wasn't anything that like blew my mind. I feel like the beginning episodes were more of like, Oh my goodness. But now I'm just starting to get used to the absolute like craziness that this basketball team had to put up with. It's just,
1: yeah, it, I, uh, the, I assume the thing you're talking about is with the media this time right. with Jordan. Um, so for those who hadn't got a chance to see uh, Episodes 5 and 6, uh, you spoiler should... Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, Jordan took a break. Uh, they, the Bulls were down 2-zip to the New York Knicks. If, was this the Eastern Conference Finals? I think it was. Um, and he and his dad went away, maybe with some friends, to, to Atlantic City mm-hmm. um, for a night of gambling. And the media caught wind of that, just blew it up. They, they essentially started coming out with stuff like, Jordan doesn't care. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's putting the, his own pleasure ahead of the team's success. This, that, and the other. Um, and then on top of that, all this other dirt started s- circulating with uh, his golfing habits and who he golfed with, other fellow gamblers, and stuff came out about those gamblers that made him look bad, and uh, he would have to pay. I think he paid somebody forty grand or something like that to pay off a bet or a debt that he owed that person. So the media just starts circulating all this garbage, and uh, I, that was kind of the uh, my, one of my other takeaways is the pressure on Jordan was insane.
0: I mean, yeah, some of the things he did was insane. Right. You know, they, like right. he uh, Jordan likes to gamble. I mean, it's not. It's not a secret, you know? He's really liked to gamble for a long time. A lot of former teammates say, you know, he he wants to take your money. He wants to take, he bought me golf clubs so he could take my money on the golf course. Right. You know what I mean? That's, it's Jordan. He's a competitor. Yeah. In anything. So, I mean, but for me, it was just like, how do you go from Dennis Rodman gets to go to Vegas for a week because he needs to decompress and the man does things that are probably super illegal. (laughs) <laughs> right and then he comes back and he's ready to go and nobody bats an eye obviously jordan was like phil this is a bad idea don't let him go <laughs> but he gets to come back and jordan takes one night one night and this is the repercussions he gets it just goes to show that like when you're on a pedestal you are held to a higher standard um poor guy an yeah, i mean it was it's, it's, a, it's probably a difficult uh pl- place to stay in a competitive headspace the- but he's just an animal like that
1: and the political side of things came out, too. There was a uh, uh, governor's race in North Carolina, and there was a governor with racial prejudices, we'll just say, running uh, against an African-American candidate. And because Jordan didn't come out and uh, jump in and you know vocally support the African-American candidate, the African-American community just was all over Jordan. Like, how could you not... You know, jump on and voice your opinion on this. It's like you said, you're on this pedestal. Use your platform. But Jordan talked about it in the episode and said he just he just wanted to play basketball and didn't want to get involved in that. I kind of respect him for that. Um, But I I can also understand other people wanting to use their platforms too. You know, having not been in that position, I can't I can't really comment. But um, the pressure he faced was incredible, uh, especially from a fans point of view he's just on the go 24 uh, 7 as soon as he leaves his room hundreds of people are outside begging for an autograph begging for mm. any any attention Jordan has um, little kids are coming up to Jordan after the game hey do you want to take a kid or uh, wow, a picture with my kid um, you know or hey, do you have time to spend uh, with this uh, with this ill child and Jordan would do that and mm. um, He's just getting pulled in so many different directions. All the while, you know, he has to be the hero of Chicago. And the episodes also touched on the Bulls' three-peat.ing They beat the Trailblazers and the Suns back to back years. And this was, you know, last week they beat the Lakers. So you got to see their three-peat there. Um, this kind of leads us into segues into our next topic. Uh, they beat the Suns. So Charles Barkley uh, had a portion of the show where he chatted about what it was like playing against Jordan in the Mm -hmm. finals. The Suns actually did pretty well. They took the Bulls to six, beat them twice in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was once in Phoenix. I don't remember exactly. But uh, this is where the story came out. I hadn't heard of this, where Chuck and Jordan, their relationship is splintered. Um, I don't know. Have you ever done any research, I guess, with Charles and Jordan and their relationship? Yeah, so...
0: Okay, so Chuck... On TNT, basically, just talked about the way that the Hornets were being constructed, the way that the team was being ran, and he was just said that he didn't think that it was, he was doing a good job, that it was the best. And um, I I see you've got a quote here um, from from Chuck, if you want to read that. So this kind of explains, you know, how he wanted to do his job. He didn't think that, you you know, you never know how people are gonna react. Yeah.
1: So um, this article. Um, basically talk is from uh, David Aldridge of The Atlantic. Um, The second half of the first quote basically says, he's the greatest basketball player ever. Uh, I miss Michael. I love Michael. I wish him nothing but the best. But obviously, he didn't take kindly to some of the things I've said about his management skills, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate, but I've got to do my job. He goes on to say, don't you have friends who you're not sure how they're going to react when you're honest with them, especially somebody on his level? And like I say... Hey, I love the dude, but he's the best I've ever seen. It's unfortunate the way things went down, but I'm going to try to do my job. And actually, my criticism was about the people around him. I thought the people he hired around him were too many yes men. That was actually my statement, to be honest. I thought the people around him, they wanted the private jet. They wanted the steak dinner. They were always going to be yes men. And um, obviously, this is just Charles' side of things. I don't know... The back and forth. I don't know Jordan's perspective on it. I know
0: Jordan holds grudges. Ask Isaiah
1: Thomas. (laughs) This is true. Which is also you should check the earlier episodes because you can tell it's still icy. Oh yeah. I I honestly believe this. What Charles is saying. I mean, you. I think Jordan is such a fiery competitor that if you go after his competition, and let's be real, the Hornets have not impressed ever since he's been a part of it. They haven't done anything. They've made it to the playoffs a couple of times. And they had Kemba, who was a good piece. They had they had uh, one year Kemba Walker, Big Al Jefferson, who had an all-star type season. Um, the thing I'll always be super critical about Jordan of is that draft pick of Michael Kidd Gilchrist when they had guys like Andre J- Drummond on the board, uh, Bradley Beal on the board. And they picked Gilchrist second. To me, that just shows Jordan's lack of awareness. Yeah. And
0: And in the 2K game, Kid Gilchrist was good in the... You remember, did you play 2K that year? <laughs> yeah. We had to play against him in the All-Star game if you create a player.
1: Yeah, he like yeah. He got
0: buckets, dude. Yeah. I was like, this is bull. It never came to be in real life. But of
1: course, which...
0: Jordan must have been playing the game 2K and was like, I got to get this kid.
1: That's right. I mean, just look at the guy's jumper form. It, <sighs> whatever. That's beside the point. In any case... It's obviously easier said than done to be an NBA executive. Right. You know, you think a guy's going to translate one way and it just doesn't pan out. We see that all the time. But Jordan just has not been able to put it together. Charles, he's a straight Jordan's shooter. Jordan's going to
0: hate you now, too. Probably. He's going to write gonna in into the channel.
1: show. And if he does, if hopefully he'll do an interview with me, that'd be great.
0: Oh, no. He's going to hold a grudge. But he'll do
1: it with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And I will talk anything. about that stupid redhead on the show. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I think Chuck, you know, he's a he's an honest guy. He's a straight shooter. I think he's kind of calling it like it is right now, and that's unfortunate. If wrong, that's the way, wrong. yeah, he's not. And that's the thing that if Jordan can't handle that kind of criticism, that's super disappointing in my opinion. So yeah. In any case, maybe something else will come out about it and maybe he'll respond, um, but time will when tell. You, but
0: when you're that successful of a person, you can really choose who you surround yourself with and then he probably surrounds himself with people that have his the opposite his, to say about him, right? So he's getting the these yes men to feed into his ego and then somebody, it feels like a shot across the room, you know? Right. Like, oh, you don't know what's what's going on here. Everybody here thinks we're headed the right direction. It's like, well...
1: Do Thanks. you? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe the, Chuck was the, right. Uh, the league standings suggest otherwise. Um, there was one other thing I was going to mention. They did bring in general manager Mick Kupchak, the former Laker, uh, who obviously knows how to construct uh, successful teams from the past. So maybe there's hope. I don't know. Jordan's kind of taking a step back from those general manager roles and just being more of a owner and executive. So maybe there's hope. We'll see. Hopefully they can mend their friendship, though. They were a lot of fun uh, in these Jordan documentary episodes. So, moving on. It's fan mail time. Yeah, let's get to it. And really, the only one I see here is Caleb, uh, who wrote in. He asked us two fan mail questions, actually, unless you've got something else on your feed. No,
0: but I want to invite everybody joining us on uh, Facebook Live to go ahead and drop your questions below. and We'll be happy to answer them right now. We've got uh, a few of you... Great supportive listeners listening right now, and we'd love to answer any question you have about sports, anywhere, anytime. Day
1: night. or night. Probably no, not night. That's not but... true.
0: How about, how about right now? You can comment right now. <laughs> right
1: now, otherwise you're dead to us. Just kidding. Please Soon support you're... us. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> uh, what do you guys... Smash the like button. <laughs> <Would you laughs> or just... die. <laughs> Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Uh, Caleb, first question you asked was... What do you guys think of... I assume this is what you're trying to say. What do you guys think of Man City's Champions League ban? Uh, James, do you have any thoughts that come to mind on this ban? I mean, they're banned from Champions League competition for a few years. And as a result, you've got guys like uh, Leroy Sané moving on from the team, going to a Bundesliga team. Granted, he's from Germany. uh, But he's off to, it looks like... um, Uh, Bayern Munich, that's what I was trying to say, Mm. uh, on a five-year contract. There's rumors that Kevin De Bruyne might be leaving Manchester City as well. Uh, So this is really kind of destroying the team.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's quite an interesting situation. I know um, there's some information coming out that they were having talks with Barcelona about selling nine players to Barcelona. You know that's a lot of players. Just a little bit. That's a lot of pieces. I'm gutting a club. Bar. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're in they're in big trouble. Um, I don't know how you recover. I know I know like football overseas is way different though. Like
1: <laughs> right. they've
0: got young kids living in these housing complexes, and those young kids from the age of eight play Man U so- or Man City soccer. As they come up the club way, you know what I mean. So, so some of the players are literally club raised from a very young age. Um, if you've ever seen like documentaries on like like now Messi and stuff, he played for some clubs like that um, growing up. And so it's just it's it, it's a different way. So could they um, be okay years down the road? Yes, they're kind of built that way. Could an American professional sports team rebound? I don't think so. I think it, it, they would just fold. Mm. Um, but the way that European uh, football is built, hopefully they'll be all right. It's just an unfortunate. You you hate to see it.
1: Yeah, um, I don't recall the exact details of why they were banned. Apparently there were some financial dealings um, that are against the rules. The so way the, they pay
0: their people, yeah. Right.
1: So the you know, you the FIFA basically came in and slapped them with this, and uh, they could also be losing points off of the Premier League table as well. So that affects their position for future uh, UEFA championship runs. Um, and as a result, a bunch of the big players, they want to be playing on the biggest stage. So when they're not allowed to be playing on said stage, they're going to look elsewhere. So as a result, you could be seeing a lot of big names leaving Man City. Um, yeah, it. it apparently it's still rumored that uh, they could... Uh, Overturn right. this ban, yeah. in which case maybe they are able to keep the pieces together. Um, like with, De
0: Bruyne says, he wants to stay. Right? He's still happy as of right now.
1: He said he would uh, lean towards staying if they overturned, overturned the, the band. band but if not, he spoke honestly and said, "Yeah, I don't know if I see myself here." Yeah. So
0: tough Ta- situation. Talks with Barca. Who else? Um, he was he was in I'm, talks with a couple with about a couple destinations. Hopefully,
1: Tottenham Hotspur. No, <laughs> just throwing that out there. You
0: guys are really trying to climb out of eight that eight spot. <laughs>
1: you know what? Let's just ignore that comment.
0: <laughs> Here we've got an article that says that Barcelona yearns to sign Kevin. They're yearning. That is, that is, that that is, is that's a deep. That's from your <laughs> loins, you know. That's that is something. Let's else. never
1: speak of this again. My goodness. <laughs> so right, anyway, question
0: number two, fan question number two. Uh, Caleb also asks us. Um, what are our top five NBA teams of all time? Now, this is a huge question to just throw out. I feel like I need to like—it's unfair, really. Decompress, and I need to—I need to write a book about it. Um, but also we've got some questions coming in from Jordan Merritt, so we'll just go quickly to Caleb's question, and then yep. I'll read uh Jordan's question here.
1: Perfect. Uh, so top five great NBA teams of all time. He he brought up an example—the '96 Bulls. I I would agree with that. Um, although you could look at earlier Bulls teams as well, quite honestly, um, but I think the the second uh, pair, the second of the two three peats, uh, that was probably the better constructed roster, uh, even though they were starting to get up there in age. I mean, they, the results speak for itself. Yeah. So uh, I would probably put that team as number one uh, out of the top five. Uh, number two probably one of your Lakers teams quite honestly um A- get, they, you got magic johnson you got james oh. worthy you've got so many names uh kareem mm-hmm. yeah the list goes on so i would probably put one of them at number 2 boston celtics though could easily be the number 2 as well i are think we talk, are, are
0: you just ranking franchises or specific teams
1: oh specific teams okay. yeah i don't know what year that correlates to what i was just mentioning oh, okay. um but uh, you look at those you know, eighties Celtics with bird, McHale, Parrish. Um, I know I'm li- leaving off other people as well. Uh, but they would probably be in my top five as well. Uh, I think I got to throw the warriors in there with Katie. Um, not because I, it is what it is yeah. that that roster is just insane. So they've got to be in there as well. um, and I think you got to throw in that Miami Heat team, potentially, uh, with LeBron, uh, well, Wade. Yeah, you,
0: you got to throw in that Spurs
1: team. I was going to put them at an honorable mention at least. If I would probably put them at number five. I'll Jordan say
0: Merritt says 96 Bulls, 2002 Lakers. Ooh, Spurs have one. to be there, he says. So okay, he's with you good. with the honorable mention. I
1: say the 2014 Spurs, that's probably the best I've ever seen a team play in the playoffs, ever. Um, so I would put them up there. But now that I think about it, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers may usurp uh Magic's Lakers just with how dominant they were. So I would probably switch them out and put them up there. I think
0: my I think I think Jordan Merritt, he's a very good friend of mine, is reading my list. (laughs) I you know, I've got ninety-six bulls. 2002 Lakers, as he commented, both those we talked about pre-show were my one and my two. Right. And then uh, going into number three, I I am going to put the KD, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson Warriors, Um, just because of the talent that's on that roster is just bonkers. And then I'm going to go with 80s Lakers. Um, So, you, I just feel like
1: Spurs. They make. Well, just the
0: just the Lakers in general. Just like you could just say the team. That had um, Magic and Kareem. That team, I feel like they were so good. I would actually put them over the Warriors, so I would probably go Lakers-Lakers.
1: Oh, gosh. Then A little bias showing then here. Then back
0: to the Lakers. I'll go back to the Lakers uh, for um, Jerry West and Will Chamberlain.
1: Okay, um, but you could be saying this about Celtics teams, sevens. too.
0: No, I hate the. I will never put the Celtics. Out.
1: I understand you hate the Celtics, no. but you look at the talent on those rosters, and for them to not even make your top okay, five. Okay, fine.
0: I'll give an honorable mention to. <laughs> I'll give an honorable mention to uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. That wow. team, Rajon Rondo. I'll give them an honorable mention. They're one of the.
1: That was a great final series. They were a
0: great team. They were a great team.
1: Back to back years, good series. So, um, yeah. Would you put them above the other Celtics, like with Larry Bird and all them?
0: Ooh, Caleb Fever drops. Would I put the those Celtics with the old Celtics? You're saying? Yeah, I above. think they would whoop the old Celtics, but Oof. drop it in the comments. Greg Hardy, the where Celtics are you from the <laughs> '80s? Lose to the Celtics of the early 2008.
1: 2000s. Uh, Greg Hardy, where oh, are 2008, you? 2008,
0: yeah. You'll you'll under you know the old timey yep. basketball better than I do. Yup. Steph, Clay, Katie, top five. Jordan Miller says, yup. He mentions the '86, '87 Celtics. Caleb's uh, one of our fans, his list is this: uh, He got the Warriors at number one.
1: Oh uh, 16, my gosh! At number
0: one, Garrison's Shh. not going to like that. No, he's got eighty-five, eighty-six Celtics at number two. Disagree. I does that is not correct. I one, I hate the Celtics. That's just because I am a Lakers fan, so I hate. It's in me to hate them. Two, I think that Larry Bird was a great basketball player. Um, I think that Danny Ainge was a good basketball player, but I don't think. We talked about this earlier before the show started. I don't think their play styles would translate into a best best of the best conversation um, uh, as far as competitively who they were playing. Obviously, Magic and the Lakers. It was just Lakers-Celtics the whole time. So I'm not sure of what the level of skill was at the NBA at that time. I'm just saying. Okay, then he's got 95-96 Bulls. A great team. It's a kind of just like the ripe season i guess as far as age for everybody on that 96 team Mm -hmm. a lot of people agreeing and then 86 87 lakers and 71 72 lakers so he's got he's got the jerry will and he's got the magic and cream so i appreciate those two lakers rounding off your top can i respond
1: to the warriors thing though i'm sorry but 80
0: win no question who he said the 80s win no question caleb said that Man, question, best man. Coach. Ooh, Jordan Merritt drops a question before you go into your next thing. I'm trying to make sure nope. that yep. we appease yep. the fans. Because just so you guys know, we're using OBS streaming. So we are a little bit delayed as far as seeing the comments and what you're seeing. So we're trying to respond to you as quickly as we can. Um, best NBA coach of all time, Phil Jackson.
1: No, Greg Popovich.
0: Why Greg Popovich?
1: Because Greg Popovich uh, had to get... He had to build from the ground up, essentially. Whereas Phil Jackson walks into, oh, I've got Michael Jordan. Great. Oh, Scottie Pippen. He walks into these franchises with already great players set in place. The triangle, great. That I'm all for it. But then we've also seen how the triangle, you know, resulted in New York, for instance, when he tried to be the GM kind of thing, and that kind of tainted his uh But the Knicks me. are
0: a Cursed beast. So you can't, like.
1: Okay, then leave them out of it They're cursed.
0: It's not his fault.
1: He walked into some, you know, arguably two of the best players of all time, and he also had Shaq as well. With the Spurs, you know, they built. He helped. Greg Popovich helped draft Tony Parker and Mono Ginobili, guys that were taken late in the second round of the nba draft that nobody else saw the potential in and you look at his system and the culture that he's implemented in I that
0: bias in every word. Uh,
1: absolutely biased <laughs> but it's right you look at the culture that he's implemented in san antonio a small market team where phil jackson had you know chicago and la meccas of the basketball world um
0: chicago was not a mecca before him they, they won with they already Doug. They were Long already time. heading
1: in the right direction, though, with Phil Collins. They didn't Collins. win with Doug.
0: Phil, Doug Collins. You yeah. said Phil Collins?
1: Doug Collins, sorry. Yeah. They were already heading Phil in the right... Music. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals before uh, Phil even arrived on the scene. He was an assistant at the time. So the pieces were there. Uh, and he, you're right, he implemented the correct strategy to get it going. He's, n- he's number two
0: for me. Here's an exciting fact that Caleb drops... Fun fact, Phil Jackson coached NBA basketball for 20 years with zero losing seasons and only was swept one time.
1: Well, Greg Pop, Greg I don't think Greg Popovich has had a losing season other than his first season. So I guess I don't see the point of that argument. 20 straight winning, 50 but, win seasons, the, the by is, the way.
0: Okay, so if the question was, who was the best at assembling pieces late in the draft? Then sure, you can say that you guys were that. You, Greg is a good answer for best coach of all time. But apart from that, like Phil always had a way of making his players feel comfortable that they wanted to stay and be a part of what he was doing. For whatever reason, Kawhi wanted out. For so, whatever so reason,
1: that's the only guy so, we're going so to point to. So if
0: Popovich could keep Kawhi then he would have more rings by now. Kawhi walks into to Toronto, a team that was a good team, but no business being in the finals, and, and wins a title.
1: So I'm not sure the exact statistic on this, but let me look it up. The, it's basically the Spurs could lose the next some hundred-odd games, hundreds and hundreds of games, and still have a above 500 record. With great. I'm That's not saying the he's not a good coach.
0: I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying he's not Phil Jackson. That's like.
1: You're right. He's better than Phil Jackson. No, he's not. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. He's not. That's like 20 straight seasons of 50 plus wins or more with a less budget than some of the big market teams. Uh, he, he consistently had stars who, you know, he, because of the culture he built, took pay cuts and stayed with the team and they as a result they built they brought in role players who other teams would get rid of and he just plugged them into the system and sud so, like Danny Green he exploded when he was in Cleveland Danny
0: Green was good everywhere he was at No,
1: not in Cleveland. They got rid of him and he went to the D League after his time in Cleveland. He he thought his well, career was good. done and mm-hmm. then he comes back to the Spurs and breaks NBA finals records. You look at oh man, I And that's
0: Popovich's Job Popovich made Danny Green do that?
1: His system did, absolutely. That's Why didn't he do it in Cleveland if it was already there? So Steve
0: there? Kerr is a great shooter, but Phil gets no credit for that. But because Danny Green came from the D-League, Popovich gets credit for that? His
1: system put him in, in position to succeed. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, well, yeah, but Phil did that for every single team he coached as well. So just, just creating a good system is not a good enough argument, in my opinion. It's being able to take the pieces that you have and keep them and 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 get them to win rings. You guys have won a few times, but not near as many. A, dude, Phil has way too many rings for this to even be an argument, I feel like.
1: Well, so he had, what? He won six in Chicago. So we're going for the ring-based argument now. That's what we're going with.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's it. For me...
1: So, in other for words, B, Bill yeah. Russell's better than MJ. I mean, he's got, what, 11 rings? No, and... we're not
0: talking about individual players. We're talking about coaching the whole team. So, you're responsible for the entire outcome. Yeah. So, yeah, Phil and... Jackson's better. Well, Look, the yeah, when you are...
1: walk into those stud players, I mean, sure. Yeah, Greg Popovich would probably have won the same amount of, of rings with those guys. I don't think so. No?
0: No, I think Kobe would have left after the three-peat.
1: Mm, I don't know. Kobe wouldn't have gotten in with
0: Kawhi or with uh, Greg.
1: I don't, dude, there's plenty of of (laughs) interviews. There's (laughs) plenty of interviews where Kobe was talking about how he wanted, he he loved loved Popovich. Yeah. Yeah. Because they
0: could talk about wine together.
1: Exactly, exactly. But he, when they were doing the All Star game, All Star weekend, Popovich is the head coach. And Kobe or Pop asked Kobe, what do you want to do here?
0: Hey, and, our one of our nice fans says Rodman was on his way out of the league, and look what Phil did with him.
1: That's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, I could point to guys like Boris Diaw who come to the Spurs and suddenly they're rejuvenated. Um,
0: I feel like okay, I feel like he did a good job with putting people in spots to be successful, but I don't think that you could say that Phil Jackson didn't do that either.
1: Oh, no, I completely agree. You yeah. look at that trying, the way he implemented the triangle, and in, in the Jordan documentary, Jordan and the other guys talk about how Phil got Jordan to realize he could pass the ball to his teammates. And that, look what it did. It made them just so much more successful. So I'm not saying Phil's a bad
0: coach. No, you said he's number two. And if you're behind not first, Pop. you're last. Oh, my gosh. Ricky Bobby says so. <laughs> All right. I think Anyways. it's Phil Jackson. Drop it in the comments below. Who do you think? It's
1: Greg Popovich. But anyways. It's not. Yeah. One and two.
0: It's Luke Walton filling in for Steve Kerr.
1: (laughs) We've seen what he's doing in Sacramento. That's for sure. Drop your comments below, guys. We would love to continue this conversation with you after the show. I I can shoot back statistics to you of why you're wrong. um, And we'll just go from there. So, are there any other questions? Um, Cause that's really all we got as far as talking points.
0: No, yeah. So Caleb also likes to would like to mention the bad boy pistons on the list. They were close. And the Suns. he said. This the, the Barkley Suns.
1: Oh, they were good. They, I would say those two are honorable mentions in the top ten.
0: Yeah. So in case you guys missed it, Phil Jackson. We decided that he is the greatest coach. Of Wrong.
1: All time. Wrong. Okay, but who's the
0: greatest football coach of all time?
1: Pro. Hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm on the spot here. I would have to think, who's yours? It's Bill Belichick. That's true. His but name there's is
0: Bill Walton. And you know what Belichick. he reminds That's me of? Name. You know what he? <laughs> you know who <laughs> he, reminds he reminds me of? Greg Popovich. Yes, <laughs> don't say that it. culture. Say the it.
1: Spurs and the Patriots ha- are absolutely have a similar culture. Oh, so
0: you're a Patriots fan now?
1: No, I'm not. I'm just but... simply admiring of their culture that they've built. But
0: to use this against him. He walked into Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time.
1: Uh, no, he didn't. So, he drafted him. I was going to say. He drafted
0: him <laughs> 198th overall.
1: Kind of like we drafted Tim Duncan. but what a, Oh, yeah. so
0: now the, it runs deeper. Okay.
1: But in any case, he built a culture in New England, and he is totally readily getting rid of stars left and right in favor of bringing in lower players, Pete Price veterans who fit his system, kinda of like Greg Popovich. Whereas Phil Jackson's like, I need Shaq and Kobe. Uh. He never said that.
0: He never said that. <laughs> he,
1: you're right, he didn't. He but a good, he did.
0: I think that he's a good leader and, and I like the way the way that he uses like his interest in like studying like Native American history and things like that to to use as a coaching tool and it talks about how he connected with players in a really interesting way. That's why I think he's the best. Now, did he win a lot? Yes. Did he have two of the best players of all time? Yes. But I think that he would have been a good coach regardless. I think he's a great coach regardless.
1: I agree. And yeah, because I'm a Lakers
0: that. fan, I pick him. And you pick a Spurs coach. I'm not a I'm not <laughs> <fan>. <laughs> Well, a little. Tyronn Lu has to be in the conversation. No. Who man. was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers when they won the other time? They haven't won none other David, time.
1: It was or like or is a this? Russian
0: dude. Oh,
1: you're right. Oh, my gosh. I thought they only won it once for some reason. We're speaking about
0: coaches we can't remember. They
1: didn't. David Blatt.
0: Is that his name? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's his name.
1: Yeah, it's Blatt. No, Look I it up. I think that's
0: like a GM.
1: No, pretty sure it's Blatt. Guys, if I'm right, he owes me ten grand. That's not happening. <laughs> David Blatt, American-Israeli basketball
0: coach. Oh my gosh. Yep, yep you are right. It is interesting. David Blatt. Okay, that guy is just
1: He got fired because the Cavs lost,
0: though. Yeah, that's immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough hire and fire. That guy, my gosh. He is has to be in the conversation. I'm just kidding. But seriously, where did he go?
1: Well, he got fired and went back to coaching in Israel. Oh. So, that sucks. That's where he is.
0: I hope he made a lot of money, buddy.
1: Anyways, we got a little off track here. That's hey, uh,
0: Caleb says. <laughs> Caleb says, Pop had a year so bad that you guys had the number one pick.
1: Yeah, but that he got he got hired halfway through the season. Okay. So is that fair? I mean,
0: I don't know. He like, said he got fired because LeBron didn't like him.
1: That too, yeah. but and he
0: wasn't a yes man.
1: To answer Popovich, he halfway through the season, he's walking onto the team bus and an executive walks up and says, you're the new head coach. So
0: It's a, it's a solid hiring process, if you yeah. ask me.
1: So, yeah, I, if you want to give him credit for that losing season, fine, but he only coached for half of it. So, all right. In any case, that is all we got for episode 10, guys. I'm running out of time here on Anchor. Apparently, it's only allowed to record 60-minute episodes. We're at 58 minutes.
0: In 24 seconds on my clock.
1: 34 on mine. Woo, man. What an episode, guys. A lot of great discussion here. Please continue to drop your comments below. Like and follow us. Uh, share this episode, please. That's our currency. That's how we'll get more viewers. Uh, f- follow us on Anchor. You can actually support the show on Anchor if you like us enough to pay us. That would be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm shamelessly begging here. Yeah. Um, That's all I got, though, on my end. What do you got, James?
0: Nothing. Smash the like button, share, drop some fire emojis, and don't forget to send in your questions for next week as we begin to talk some more sports. And I believe we have a Madden Challenge coming up on Friday. Um, It's going to be 49ers versus Seahawks, and the 49ers are going to win. And I am going to probably say that we're going to have over 200 yards rushing.
1: Mm. Since Jadamian Clowney's leaning, maybe leaving maybe
0: we're going to to I
1: don't know Bobby Wagner KJ Wright um, Michael Kendrick uh, Bruce Irvin. we got some solid pieces there stay tuned you'll see the Seahawks win that's going to be a wrap for this episode of the Hook and Ladder thanks so much for uh, talking with us guys
0: yeah you guys have a good day deuces